Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world, a book with words that can transform hearts. Now, imagine when you opened up that book, it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and so you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is the Notable Podcast. These are discussions where pastors not only take seriously the biblical text, but they share what they've been underlining and highlighting, all of their notes that help them share the world's most important book and how it's transformed their hearts and how it can transform the hearts of the people you know. This is Season 5, Coming Forth as Gold, a reading of the book of Job. You're about to hear a conversation between John and Tim Borman, twin brothers, both Christian pastors. Tim is a pastor in Queens, New York, and John is a pastor in Aiken, South Carolina. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Here's John and Tim. Uh, look, I know people haven't heard from us for a year, right? <laughs> we dropped off the face what of the happened? earth. <laughs> what happened to us? Oh, man. Well, that's a story for another day, probably, all the things that have happened in these intervening months and stuff. But um, my heart's just really set on Job right now. I got to tell you, I, we're just dropping people into it. I realize that. Uh, it's really abrupt. Um, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna list we're gonna give you a list in just a second of all the reasons why we're picking up Job. Um, I guess I just want to tell you how I feel about the book. Um, just share with you my reaction. I've been I, we've been looking at this, Timothy. You and I have been looking at this now. Um, for months together, talking about it for months, um, praying over it um, for months. And I want to tell you, it's um, there's a metaphor I have in my mind. I feel like I'm a baby opening my eyes to God's great teaching in here for the first time. Mm. There's There's a baby... there's so much majesty here. Like, how do you see it? How do you take it in? Um, We're going to, like, on our journey through Job, we're going to go spelunking in the caves. We're going to, we're going to see the Lord in a storm. We're going to see a man sitting in ashes. Um, We're going to see friends who devastate their so-called friend. Um, we're going to see Leviathan get harpooned. Uh, and in the end, we're going to see glory. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why. Look, uh, those themes aside, like there's a reason why people will call Job the Shakespeare of the Bible. It's poetry will simultaneously melt you and harden you like iron. It will simultaneously put put tears in your eyes and a song in your heart. 
Well, now you're waxing poetic about the book. (laughs) How can you not? How can you not? It's, it's, it's better than Shakespeare. I mean, you, you and I both, we, we've done Amos, we've done Jonah, we've done Jude. And, and each time we come to these books where we sit here and say like, you just gotta, you gotta take this journey with us. You just gotta read this book. But I, I think what you're saying is like this is coming from a from a from a deep deep place that that you need to come along with us and 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 take this journey all the way to the end with Job like all the way not to the bitter end but to the sweet sweet end of Job and you will not repent for taking this journey God's going to do something through us um in his word that He'll, he'll take our eyes and open them up like a baby. Or we could say it like Job did when Job got to the end of his own journey, um, his own writing. What he said is, before, Lord, I had, I had heard of you, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. And, it was transformational. Yeah, it, exactly. And, and that's, that's what we're, we're praying for. We're pleading to God that that it would be that transformational for us. And I think it will be. I mean, I've got, I've got tons of reasons. Like it's going to be transformational because we, what we're going to do in this book is we're going to, we're going to like take everything you thought you knew about Job and just start over. I mean, cause so many people like they think that they know Job, but if I asked you like the simplest questions about Job, like what were the, what were the names of Job's three daughters? Could you name them? Or like, what were the names of Job's three friends and their major arguments? Could you actually summarize that for me? And and, and to be honest, like, I think very few Christians could. And, and instead, what they have in their, in their heads and their hearts about Job is this character. Like this guy, all he did was sit in the dust and weep because of suffering. Um, but nobody knows the answer. Like, how did God take him out of that? And how, how did God make him new again? Um, and then and then the scholars come along and they're like, oh, God, just, you know, he went to this divine casino with Satan and he pulled the lever and he was like, let's see what happens with Job. Like they were playing this divine gambling game and, and seeing who was going to win. And like all of that stuff, you know, it's just, it's, it's too simplistic. We we have to see this book for for and this man and and, and the Lord in in all of their glory and majesty. Like mm, we we just have to do it. We can't. This is what this is what I hear you saying. Um, for better or for worse, is um, we want to advance people past Job chapter one. You know, yeah. I think I think what you have. I think what people have is a caricature of Job. They've got Job chapter 1. Um, it looks like the Lord and Satan are playing a game. And um, then you have your list of Job chapter 1 calamities and tragedies. And and people got Job chapter 1. And it's Job chapter 1. Well, yeah, what about the other 41 And they're, <laughs> and they're missing 41 <laughs> chapters. And, and so... Which are incredible, in, incredible chapters. Aside, look, I, in just a second, I, in just a second, I, I want to talk about all the reasons why um, we should read 
uh, read this book, but let me let me lead off. Let me give you a lead off reason for that. This there's a the genre of the Book of Job. There's uh, is wisdom literature, and uh, let me say this: this is this is the mount. This is the peak. This is the mountaintop of of human uh, uh, of what God has given us to understand um, suffering in our lives. And I could even say this: you know, people, people, in modern people, that we don't get this. But um, ancient people would have understood that literature that was coming out of Edom was was the best and the brightest stuff. And this is we're going to talk about that in the next episode a little bit more. Um, but even the prophets recognize this. Obadiah talks about um, the wisdom of, of the men of Edom in, in, in Obadiah, five, you know, verses five through seven. Jeremiah talks about it. There's wisdom that comes out of out of Edom, and uh, here we got a book of wisdom that uh, seems to be coming out of Edom. This is the this is the height of the wisdom that that God that God gives us here. And so there's a lot of reasons um, that that we need to tick off that for why we want to pick up the book of Job. I, Timothy, you gave us uh, you started talking to us talking to us about a spiritual journey. You know, the Lord uh, Job says, and this is Job in his own words. Um he says, uh, you know, I, I heard about you. Uh, he had some kind of cognitive understanding of the Lord. By the end of the book, he says, I now, Lord, see you. I get you. I, I've experienced you. And uh, James, James is so helpful for us on this. He is so, so helpful for us on this. Um, in, in the New Testament, James 5, five verse 11, what is it? What is it in James 5, verse 11, that the, that Job has seen? And it's this, the Lord, get this, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Mm. We're going to see God better. That's right. We're going to see him better. I mean, which spiritual gifts will you not receive <laughs> by by taking this, this book to heart? I mean, I, I could list them all off. The gift of patience. The spiritual gift of refinement, the spiritual gift of hope, the spiritual gift of wisdom. You know, like the, what we're talking about is, is, is the fruits of the Spirit. Romans 15.4 says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so, so that through the endurance taught by the Scriptures and the encouragement that we might have hope. I mean, it, what are we not going to get by studying this book? This is, this is rich profound mystery that that we're just going to revel in yeah and 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 just to say just to say this there was a there's a bible scholar who lived a long time ago his name was jerome and he described um the book of job as an eel (laughs) (laughs) i can't I have in my mind like going to this, like Marine World with my daughters and like touching one of those things and being like ew you know like the slippery <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like it's an appropriate image I feel like it's a little bit of an appropriate image like it's it's slippery it's kind of dark you don't want to touch and uh, it's difficult Jerome's Jerome's idea was was that it's it's difficult it's 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 slippery I and I actually think. That that's a reason to pick up the Book of Job, and because it can be so slippery, it's really important to treat it um, 
to treat it well, to understand it well, so we don't get caricatures of of the Lord and 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 who He is. Besides the fact that there's there's some other reasons. Uh, let me just let's bullet point a few before we get to uh, our, our biggest one of all. Um, here's bullet point number one. Uh, we're going to find out that it's a really really bad idea to try to interpret our lives um, through our suffering. If we look at the sufferings in our lives and we try to extrapolate out from them, we are going to have some really bad theology. Now, we're going to, we could talk about that for hours. Like, I'm in the hospital. I have cancer. What does it mean? Oh, you know what we call that? Here's what the big shots call that. We call that speculative theology. It's theology that's not based on the Word of God. And anytime we do that, ooh, we are getting ourselves in a lot of hot water. Um, so that's bullet point number one. We're going to see that. Bullet point number two. We're going to look at what it means to be a friend. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What do, you, what do you say to someone who's experiencing loss and grief and shame and, and tremendous suffering? Yeah, so it's not just, in other words, this is what we're saying. Like, we're not just identifying with Job here, which which is not, obviously we are. We're going to identify with Job. We all have our adversity setbacks. And what's, let me just comment on this. Uh, Job, for, for everybody out there, know this about Job. Do not have a a limited view of Job. Sometimes people look at Job, it's about physical ailments, it's about suffering the loss of your kids your, or your personal economy explodes. All of that's true. What I want you to see is that um, just about every form of suffering that you can think of is addressed in Job. Um, Job feels shame. Um, Job is dealing with uh, feelings of guilt. Uh, Job is feeling like God is his adversary. Job is dealing with physical pain. Uh, He's dealing with emotional pain. Um, He's dealing with family loss, economic uh, hurt, Um, uh, societal rejection. He, so it doesn't, what I'm saying is this is for everybody. You know, there's somebody out there who's like, who's like, "I, I feel shame because of something I did, and people look at me a certain way. Job is for you. Um, there's somebody out there whose knee hurts. Uh, their back is killing them. Uh, they have chronic pain. Job is for you. Um, there's somebody out there who feels ignored. Like, you know, God, the Lord has given them many gifts. Nobody's paying attention. You need vindication. Um, there, every form of suffering, every form of adversity, Job is for you. Um, and, and so that's the word I identify with Job. We're also going to identify with Job's friends, mm-hmm. which is where we started and I got sidetracked. We're going to identify with Job's friends and we're going to ask, what does it mean to be a good friend um, in suffering? And I can tell you right now, it's not Eliphaz, Bildad, and <laughs> Zophar. Yeah. It's Elihu. You know? Um and who, Which, and who is the Lord again, for us in whether we're a friend or or the sufferer in all of that? Who is the Lord to me? Who is Jesus to me? And to go to go yeah. deeper into that. 
Yeah, so so we're we're making this bullet this 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 bullet points of why Job. Let me give you one more before we get into our main one, and it's this: this Job, at some level, exists so that our theology is not too simplistic. And and here's what I mean by that: go and if you in the in in the the wisdom books of the Old Testament, if you read Proverbs. And you read it straight, the world seems very simple. I, I mean, you're right about that. Dude. If you read Proverbs, you'll you'll get this idea that if I just do all the right things and I follow this wisdom, life is good. Life is going to be good. Like my children are going to turn out great. You know, train up a child in the way that they should go, and and they will not depart from it. And if I just work out the right, uh, work hard, and, and I'm like the ant and not a sluggard that I'll prosper. If you just do the right things, life is going to be good. And so you're right. Job you challenges just, all of that kind of simplistic thinking, that simplistic theology. And he shows you that if you do, if you if you walk around in your life with simplistic with a simplistic and unnuanced, I would say, um, theology, it's damaging to you and it's damaging to all the people around you because you will be unable to properly interpret your own life and in the sufferings in your life. And you won't be resilient. You'll, what you'll become. You won't be resilient. You won't be resilient. You'll be like, what's going on? God is mad at me. I must have messed up. I must have done something wrong. Um, and, yeah. and if you're looking at somebody, alternatively, if you're looking at somebody who's suffering, and we see this in the friends. You become a battle axe. You actually take them out. It was your fault. That was stupid. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You must have brought it on yourself. Repent. Um, <laughs> and and so what? That's what's fun about Job. Actually, is it's very subversive. It forces you to nuance um, overly simplistic theology. You know, Jonathan. Which oh, uh, you. I actually think this is one of the reasons why people really struggle with the book of Job is because people, and I remember doing this myself, you open up the book of Job and you start reading these responses and stuff and you're like, are these guys right? You know, like that question is going through your head. Like, is that, is that really what God says? Cause like it's in the Bible, you know, and, and then Job is Job right? And it's, it's hard to sort through all of that, you know, who's right who's wrong and, and and what does god think about all of these statements people are, people are making but it really does this is where it it takes you to another level of understanding how how scripture works in dialogue and epic and wisdom literature yeah and and that alone is worth the price of admission you know it this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, we're gonna, we're gonna grow, but that we, I, I haven't even gotten to our, our most important bullet point. Why, why should we look at Job? Why should you listen in? Why should we, why should we study this book? I mean, look, um, I, I do, by the way, I do think it, it this is an argument worth making. I, um, I don't want to overstate my case, but it, but it strikes me. I, let me just ask in the form of a question. I'll let the listeners decide for themselves. Um, 
is is a book. Now we're going to lay this down for you, but is a book that's the first book in in history um, written by the Holy Spirit. Do we utilize it enough in the church? You know how sh- you know how much it shows up in the in the lectionary, the historic lectionaries readings of the church. Um, twice, twice in three years. Yeah. If you come to church every every Sunday uh, for three years, you will hear from Job twice, and it happens to be the same exact reading. I mean, it's, it changes just by a few. It's Job thirty eight, um, and it's forty two chapters of the Bible. Significant, so, right? Mm-hmm. So, so think about that. I mean. Uh, are we doing justice? Um, you know, just think about that. Chew on that a little bit. Um, having said that, that that brings us to our most major point, which is what? Why should we? Why should we read Job? Well, why should we consider because Job? Job, like Job, is the very heart of God. It's it, it's gonna. The whole point of the book of Job isn't even really to give us theodicy like, and, and explain suffering to the human being and why it happens. Like That's what theodicy is. Um, it, it's not really about theodicy. It, it's about giving to us the very heart of God. It's, it's about giving to us the cross. In fact, one Old Testament scholar's name is Franz uh, Dalich said, The real contents of the book of Job is the mystery of the cross. The cross on Golgotha is the solution of the enigma of every cross, and the book of Job is a prophecy of this final solution. And you know, there's a part of me that's like, how can he say that? It, it's this isn't this isn't Isaiah, okay? Like we're not getting prophecies, the child prophecies about Emmanuel. We're not we're not getting the virgin birth prophecies. We're not getting the prophecies about the suffering servant in in Job. Um, it, we're not hearing about you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. We're none of that is in Job. Like uh, you're not gonna uh, find messianic types of things in there. And yet Dalich says, like this is all about Christ. I mean, first of all, and I think he's right, by the way. But I I want to argue this point. Like, what do we have in this book? We have resurrection. We have resurrection. The everything at the end of the book, everything is doubled, except for the children, and and so you have ten children, or is there twenty? So yeah, we're we're actually going to see three resurrections, Timothy. Yeah. You know, not to get a hold, we're going to see three teachings on resurrection. In the book of well, and of course, there's what do we always sing on every Easter? You have to do it, otherwise, it's like sin, isn't it? Like I know, <laughs> I know that my redeemer lives. Where does that come from? Yeah, Job nineteen, right? Where, so we have resurrection, and you cannot have a resurrection without Christ. He is the first fruits of the resurrection from the dead. So we have resurrection. The, the, not only do we have resurrection, but <laughs> I saw I jumped in on you. Yeah. Well, now we're both getting really excited. Like, not oh, not only so that, good. but we have we have this whole mediator theology that that is laid down uh, throughout the cycles of the friends and Job, and and really really culminates then in, in Job nineteen with Job 
calling on his redeemer confidently. Um, but Job yeah. is, is, is asking that there would be a mediator between him and God, that, that this mediator would come and, and cover Job's sin and, and to, to bring the Lord and Job together again, because Job felt that they were separated and, and, um, how can you not think of the one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ? The best friend of God. Oh, you can't. <laughs> you, know? you, you can't help but do it. You know, it, it, really, we're going to see Christ in, in, in three ways. We're going to see that, that Job ends up being a template for the innocent, righteous sufferer um, that is to come. He's, he's the ultimate template for that. Um, and in that way, he's a type of Christ. Uh, secondly, in the speech dialogues, as, as the book develops, we're going to see three Christological peaks. And we're just it's going to be fun climbing those mountains. It's going to be amazing. We're going to see Christ right in the center of the book, literally in the center of the book. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, we're going to see the Lord. I, I'm going to try to prove this to you when we get there. Um, but in the Lord's speeches at the end of the book, starting in Job 38, I'm going to try to show you, we're going to try to show you that the Lord, really what he's doing in those speeches is he's moving from creation to redemption. And of course, the heart of the redemption that that Job is talking about is, is Jesus. Now we're going to have to talk a whole lot more about that later. But what we're saying is Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus. And we're actually talking about a very specific form of Jesus. A, a suffering, a suffering, uh, crucified Jesus is, is really the center, the heart, the core of this book. And oh man, <laughs> uh. it's coming. It is coming. It is coming, it is coming, it is coming, it is coming. Um, all in in the book of Job. And uh, there it is. You know, we, we're, we're starting off the book of Job um, with, with those thoughts. And we get to stare at him, um, our life, our salvation, even in the worst times of life. Amen. We're back. Come back. Come back next week. Come back next week, and and we'll pick up uh, Job one verse A, and um, hopefully it won't be a year until we get to it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Notable Podcast. Check out our other seasons to hear other people sharing their notes and highlights. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Thanks for listening.